0: And a lot of this is made possible uh, because really since the 1960s there has been a, a kind of new intellectual revolution. Uh, and, I, uh, and I don't want to really get in, uh, into this too much, but there's been a you know, kind of a, what we glibly call an information revolution. It's more than that, it's deeper than that, it's, it's, it's not quite uh, an information revolution. But information is one part of this deeper revolution. Uh, that that, uh, that, that you know, it includes systems thinking, includes cybernetics, includes uh, you know, multiple points uh, of overlapping contact and web thinking. All those sorts of things that begin to characterize uh, what we have, again, glibly called a postmodern uh, intelligence, or a different kind of intelligence, a kind of post uh, structural uh, postmodern intelligence, uh, and that begins, we begin to then see the organization and distribution of information and and knowledge in a very different way. Right? Uh, we begin to move uh, from this idea of the vertically organized and and and, and uh, centrally distributed. The distributionist sort of understanding of knowledge or the city, for example, uh, that is, uh, you know, the, the kind of one point of generation uh, uh, and then dispersal uh, mode uh, to this uh, new mode of information uh, production and consumption uh, which is uh, polymorphous, which is um, ethereal, which is uh, point-to-point, which uh, involves uh, multiple iterations and new, new developments of feedback. And I, I would argue that these are very important developments for Uh, and and, and the context within which we can begin to understand the power of of the the, uh, enjoyment of urban design uh, and anthropology. This has real significant implications. This kind of change in the way we think about knowledge and knowledge production has very uh, deep implications for what we think of the city because we no longer really think, I would would argue, uh, in terms of a city that can be easily or closely modeled in any kind of simplistic way. Remember these, some of you you recognize these diagrams. You guys recognize these diagrams? These are kind of the classic kind of organizing diagrams of uh, how the city is structured. The Burgess concentric zone model, uh, the Hoyt sectoral model, uh, and and ultimately to the Harris and Ullman multiple nuclei model. Um, these are these are sort of comforting sort of ways in which we try to apprehend uh, the city and organize the city f- uh, and represent it uh, in one uh, one way or another. Uh, and we've moved away from this in many ways, this idea that the city is all about a center point and then a gradient out from the center uh, that, that has really kind of um, um, dominated urban uh, studies and urban design thinking for a long time uh, to a notion that the city is actually a kind of rhizomic structure that has multiple centers and, and you know, multiple points of dispersal uh, and organization. Uh, this looks like Sim City, but it's actually real. Uh, this is Mexico, uh, outside of Mexico City, uh, a suburban development there. Um, actually quite lovely in some ways Uh, but you know where's the center I mean where's the center of Mexico City you know where's the center of Los Angeles where's the center of where I live which is Queens New York I don't know I have no idea uh, and so we begin to imagine the city as this much more complex beast, this, this crazily complex, this uh, uh, intricately organized um, rhizomic structure uh, with multiple centers that compete, multiple centers that collude, uh, multiple uh, interstices uh, and margins uh, that are important to understand. So. That's the kind of condition of knowledge I'd suggest that we're working within right now uh, when we begin to think about the enjoyment of urban design uh, and urban studies. Now, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, urban design and anthropology